Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hello and welcome to the 49ers First and 10 podcast, 10 minutes of the most up-to-date 49ers news first thing in the morning. I'm your host, Brianna McDonald, and I'm joined by special guest Carlos Ramirez from NBC Sports Bay Area. Carlos, thanks for joining the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Well, after a series of events, the 49ers now sit at the number one seed in the NFC. There's still a lot of football to be played before the regular season comes to a close, but how important is it for the team to be able to control their own destiny? Well, it's huge. It's huge because um, that would make their leverage that much bigger. They say so far the Cowboys and the Eagles, who I think everyone agrees are the two main uh, contenders for the NFC supremacy with the 49ers. So um, if you can enhance your advantage by having those teams come to Santa Clara and not just that, but then having a bye week is also huge. You can get your players extra rest. And if someone's hurt, you can get them that week off to to recover. That would be an enormous in and of itself. So I, I do think if for whatever reason, that doesn't happen. They're more than capable, Brianna, of going on the road and beating any team in the NFC. It would be tougher, though, if it's in Dallas. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm just saying it, it would be tougher because of how good Dallas has been this season at home. They have won, as of this recording, 15 games in a row at home. Um but having said that, I, I think they can go into any building and, and beat any team in the NFL, any team, AFC, NFC, it doesn't matter. But that would be just uh, just adding another layer of advantages to an already really good and deep football team. Well, taking a look at the matchup ahead, the Cardinals went through a bonus practice on Monday, and they are the 49ers' fourth opponent this season coming off of a bye. You just talked about how important that bye week is, so after a series of high stakes, emotional games for the 49ers, how important is turning the page and sort of hitting the reset button heading into week 15? Yeah, it's huge. And they've done it so far. We, we saw how they performed against the Seahawks coming off a really uh, emotionally charged game the week previous or the, the, the previous week against uh, Philly on the road. So they have proven that they can just turn the page, flip the switch, and focus on the task at hand. When you have a team, Brianna, that is so veteran savvy, when you have players that have done it 
for so long, so consistently, like Trent Williams and uh, Kyle Juszczyk, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, really, really the the young cog of, of that machine is Brock Purdy, and he, even though he is twenty three. He is behaving like a guy who is 33, right? So wise beyond his years. So I, I don't, I don't think that's an issue. Again, if it was a younger team or a more inexperienced team, because sometimes youth doesn't equate to inexperience and the other way around. You, you can have a guy who is, you know, in his 30s but not very much experienced because he hasn't gone through uh, maybe playoff settings and he doesn't have that experience that it requires to, you know. Um, go down that road, but this team does. So from that perspective, they don't take any any team for granted. They don't take anyone for granted. They just go out and deliver and perform. Uh, and they hold themselves to such a high standard that I don't think it's going to be an issue on Sunday or any team going forward for that matter. All right. Well, it may be hard to believe, but the 49ers haven't faced quarterback Kyler Murray since week five of the 2021 season. And now Kyler is four games into his comeback from knee surgery. And a lot has changed in about two years. So what should the 49ers be expecting when facing Murray this Sunday? Well, for one... The passing game is not the same. This season, Brianna, he is completing 60.8% of of his passes. That is, is his career low. Before that, you would have to go back to his rookie season in 2019 when he completed 64.4%. And people might think, well, that's not that's not a big gap. Well, for NFL quarterbacks, it is. Any, any jump of one or two percentage points is a big gap jump and and to go from 66.4 when we last saw him in 2022 when he did play 11 games to go from that to 60.8 percent and you know there's a lot of things that go into the number because receiver drops do affect that completion percentage but um his yards per attempt are pretty similar 6.6 his yards per catch gained are up so he you can see he's throwing the ball more downfield on average, but he's not being as accurate on average. And his QBR, which is an all-encompassing stat by ESPN, who measures or that measures both passing uh, game and running game, everything that a quarterback does on a field goes into QBR. This season, again, is a career low, 49.8. His lowest by far, he has never had a QBR below 53, which was last season. So, it's tough because he's coming back from injury, so you want to measure him on different aspects of the game. Uh, the rushing element for him is is really important. He does have three rushing touchdowns uh, this season in four games, so that's an element of his game that the 49ers cannot discount. Uh, seven first downs. Um, but again, it, it, I see a diminished version of Kyler Murray, which I think has to do with perhaps new coaching staff, him coming back from injury, uh, losing a receiver that's important like uh, like Hopkins, like D-Hop, is also going to go into the equation. But he's someone to be mindful of. And I think the same game plan that they applied against the Eagles containing Jalen Hurts in the pocket is something they, they should try to attempt against Kyler Murray on Sunday. All right. Well, taking a closer look at the run game, the 49ers defense has taken pride in how they've been able to stop the run. In fact, San Francisco's defense has held opposing offenses without a 100-yard individual rusher in 40 consecutive games, dating back to week nine of 2021. So 
that unit is going to have a tall task in front of them with the Cardinals coming off a win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where James Conner ran for about 105 yards and scored two touchdowns. What are you thinking about this matchup and how influential is controlling the run game? Well, I, I think the main thing for Sunday, Brianna, is what's the state, the, the health of both Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave? Because those are the two guys that set up the middle of your defensive line. And they have as much to do with controlling the run game as the guys behind them filling in the gaps. If if you have Eric and, and Javon Hargrave controlling that line of scrimmage and holding their gaps and keeping gap integrity so that both um, Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner can attack the open lanes when they open outside, the ones that they don't have to control, that's going to be huge. If, if for whatever reason they can't go and Javon Kinlaw steps in and, and the other guys in that D-line have to step in, it's going to be up to them, again, to, to keep uh, gap integrity, to keep Kyler Murray contained and also forcing James Conner to go where they want them to go. Because it's not just only stopping the run or the runner. It's also having that runner go where you want them to go because they're going to meet up with their linebackers and have them slam them, which is what Drake Greenlaw and Fred Warner are such uh, good linebackers at, among other things. So that is a big narrative. Um, if the run game is not there. And then the other thing is, how do you control the run game? Well, you you have a great lead. If the 49ers jump ahead early and have a 14-0, 21-7, or 21-0 lead, then that pushes the run game out of the equation because you're forcing the Cardinals to take more uh, passing attempts into the game. You, you can't rush the football because you're wasting time and you're not gaining as much ground as you would passing the football. So there's a, to me, the two main things is, grab a lead ahead or just jump ahead early in the game. And then whoever plays defensive tackle, if it's Eric and Javon, then you're you're more at ease. But if they're not there from injuries, then you have to be able to contain and maintain uh, gap integrity with your defensive tackle. Mm, absolutely. Well, now looking at the offensive side of the ball, and you kind of just talked about it, but that group has definitely found their groove coming out of their bye week and winning five straight what would you say has been the 49ers' recipe for success in recent weeks? Well, if you look at who has done damage, people or, or pundits, even fans, they tend to focus, Brianna, on who had the bigger stats. Meaning, uh, if it's a rusher, if it's Christian McCaffrey, a runner, how many yards did he rush? Or if it's a receiver, how many yards did he gain? And that could be a, a logical you know, approach to, well, this is this was the guy this game. This was the guy on that game. I take a different approach because even though that is one way of looking at it, I think you have to look at the guy who is responsible for keeping everyone fed, right? Who's doing the groceries? Who is then delivering the menu and serving everyone enough food so that they don't starve? And that is both a combination of the offensive line and Brock Purdy. The offensive line has done such a, and I don't understand for the life of me, Brianna. I, I don't, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I don't understand it. How uh, a site like Pro Football Focus, which I think is great, and they have set the standard for um, player evaluation in this industry. How are they evaluating offensive line play? Because before last week, they ranked the 49ers offensive line as the 22nd best or 10th worst, however you want to see it, 
in the NFL. And they rank Trent Williams as the eighth best offensive lineman in football. I'm sorry. Where are the seven offensive linemen who are better than Big Trent? Find them. You won't because there aren't any (laughs) better than this guy. So they have done such a good job of blocking the scheme that is required for Christian McCaffrey to have the lanes so he can run or to protect Brock Purdy in the pocket and give him enough time and space to operate that very complex offense. And then Brock, Brianna, because he has to know where to go with the football. He is being um, rushed and blitzed with as consistency and as frequency as any or perhaps more quarterbacks in the league than any other. And he always has the right answer. And I don't care that people say, well, it's Kyle Shanahan. He's he's dialing everyone up uh, open. It's, it's so easy. Well, we've seen other quarterbacks here in the Bay Area operate or try to operate that same offense, and it doesn't look like this, does it? So to me, that's been the key. It's offensive line play and the way Brock Purdy distributes the football so everyone can then shine their brightest. Yeah, it all starts about the battle in the trenches, but another divisional matchup lies ahead, and clinching the NFC West is at stake in this upcoming contest. So what are you most looking forward to watching this Sunday? Well, first of all, health, to be honest. I mean, the 49ers just clinched a playoff spot. I think the division is already in the bag, if you ask me. I mean, it would have to be a catastrophe for the 49ers to not win the NFC West. And, and that is just keeping the hunger, keeping the the intensity up, which it has to because if they want to keep the number one seed going back to that first topic we addressed in, in the podcast, they have to win out just to keep to, to for them to control their destiny and not have to, you know, score watch and see what the Eagles and the Cowboys do or even the Lions, they just have to win out. And that means beating the Cardinals, then beating the Ravens, then uh, beating the Commanders on the road and finalizing that schedule against the Rams at home. So that's what I'm looking forward to is health, everyone staying healthy, or those guys who are nicked up coming back uh, to their full potential, delivering the goods, uh, beating down a team that is not very good. That's why they're 3-10 and and thinking about 2024. Um, and then keeping that uh, heat on both the Eagles and the uh, and the Cowboys. The Eagles have a tough matchup because they're going to go to Seattle, and Seattle is, again, fighting for a playoff spot. And if they want to keep it or still be in the hunt, they have to win that game. And Philly, if they want to, you know, uh, win the second seed or keep it or the NFC East or even go ahead and win the number one seed again, they have to win that game. So it's a very favorable matchup for the 49ers. And the Cowboys have a tough schedule ahead, too. They have the Buffalo Bills and then Miami. And then they have to face uh, a couple of tough matchups ahead. So, yeah, I think they have to win this game, focus ahead, uh, stay healthy, Brianna, and then just keep trucking on, go 11-3, and three, and keep that number one seat. All right. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you so much, Carlos, for joining me in this update Don't forget to follow First in 10 on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Turn on the notifications so you're in the know when we post any breaking news updates. And thank you, Faithful, for tuning in. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25 until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.